Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, January 7th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs. I'll also look ahead and give an early preview of the divisional round, which begins this Saturday. Only eight teams remain so let's get to it all of it presented by DraftKings play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC P-I-C that's promo code PIC P-I-C DraftKings keeps it going throughout the NFL playoffs in the divisional round this weekend you can play for free in the 800k play action contest $800,000 in total prizes with $50,000 Going to first place, just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play for free in this contest by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus with the NFL Playoffs Underway right now is the perfect time to make your online bets at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. So welcome to the show, the second show of 2019. And by now, you're probably following through on your New Year's resolutions, or you're trying to at least. Well... Chances are you're looking to improve your overall health in 2019. Well, I'm here to let you in on a much easier way to do that. Hydrate. You got to hydrate. Tom Brady says it all the time. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And to do that, I'm telling you, you should be going to IV League Hydration. That's right. Jump on the IV. They're located right here in Boston. IV League Hydration uses a common, minimally invasive procedure to deliver fluids directly into your bloodstream to provide immediate relief and hydration, not just fluids, but vitamins and other nutritional supplements that you need to perform at your best. Some people use it for hangovers, but it's not just for hangovers. This can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, How about your athletic performance? I know many pro athletes who use IV hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. IV League Hydration has a new store in Southie. Oh, here's the best part. They can come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com to see all of their different IV hydration packages or give them a call, 1-800-905-4252. That's 1-800-905-4252. Look better, feel better, and perform better with IV League Hydration. So we got the national championship game on this Monday, January 7th. I'm not going to spend too much time on that because by the time you listen to this show, maybe it's Tuesday and that game is over with. I will be watching. And if anything crazy happens, I will react to it on Thursday's podcast or I'll have some things to say on Twitter. Make sure you follow me. At Danny Picard, Alabama, a five and a half point favorite over Clemson. I mean, I've been saying it from the get go. As long as this thing is under seven, as long as this spread is under seven, I'm going to take Bama. So I'll go with Alabama minus five and a half. That's my pick for the game. But like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. This is going to be strictly an NFL playoff show because that's the biggest story in sports right now. Wild card weekend over the weekend. I'm going to react to all that, but first, let's just get to the schedule for the divisional round this coming Saturday. The divisional round, there's only eight teams left, all right? Four teams in the AFC, four teams in the NFC. You want to call that the Elite Eight? Fine. Call it the Elite Eight. Call it whatever you want to call it, but officially, it's the divisional round, and it begins this Saturday January 12th. Here we go. The first game will be Saturday at 4.30. The number six seed Indianapolis Colts go to Kansas City. The six seed goes to the one seed. Uh, These two teams did not play in the regular season this year. So Indianapolis, who looks great, they go to Kansas City. 
Uh, the Chiefs, who were dominant for most of the year, you know, they had a couple hiccups at the end of the season, but uh, they Kansas City ended up getting some help from the Baltimore Ravens. What was it, in week 16, Baltimore, who beat the Chargers in that game, and that ultimately gave Kansas City the one seed. If the Chargers had won that game, the Chargers would have been the one seed and would have had a first-round bye. Uh, I'll get to the Chargers in Baltimore, their rematch, in, in a few moments. But Kansas City, the one seed, they will host Indianapolis. That'll be the first game of the divisional round on Saturday at 435. That game will be on NBC. Kansas City, a six-point favorite in this one. Uh, then on Saturday night at 815, the number four seed, Dallas Cowboys in the NFC will go to L.A. to take on the number two seed Rams. That game is on Fox on Saturday night. The Rams are seven-point favorite. These two teams did not play this year. They played last year in the regular season, the Rams and the Cowboys. And uh, you know, but that, why would we look back at last year? Let's focus on this year, okay? Dallas goes to the Rams. That's Saturday night. The Rams are seven-point favorite. And then on Sunday... Here locally in New England, all eyes will be on the Patriots, the number two seed Patriots in the AFC, hosting the number five seed Los Angeles Chargers Sunday at 105 at Gillette Stadium. This game is on CBS. The Patriots, a four and a half point favorite. These two teams did not play in the regular season, um, but it's going to be Phillip Rivers versus Tom Brady. I do I don't like 1 o'clock games at Gillette Stadium. I mean, I'd rather have it at Gillette than anywhere else because the Patriots are obviously undefeated at home. They're 8-0 at home this year, and they're a much better team in their own building. But a 1 o'clock start is just, oh, I just hate 1 o'clock starts. I don't know if it's the lighting in the stadium, like the, the sun and the shadows. I, it just, I never have a good feeling about it. Uh, that's not to say I'm picking the Chargers to beat the Patriots at Gillette. I'm just telling you, I'm a little uneasy with the 105 start, but that's what it's going to be. Patriots, Chargers, at Gillette, Sunday at 1 on CBS. Again, the Patriots, a four-and-a-half point favorite to open it up. And then Sunday at 440, the last game of the divisional round is the number six seed Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC going to the number one seed New Orleans Saints. Uh, so the Saints, a nine-point favorite, as they should be. This game is on Fox, and this is... The only game in a divisional round that's a rematch from this year's regular season. New Orleans smashed Philly in mid-November. If you can remember that game, they smashed the Eagles. It was in New Orleans. 48-7 was the score. The Saints won. Now, Carson Wentz was the quarterback for the Eagles. So, obviously, that's different. Nick Foles right now uh, is leading the Eagles here, uh, trying to get them back into the Super Bowl. Uh, so there's, there's a difference there. Carson Wentz was terrible in this game in mid-November in New Orleans. He threw three interceptions, and on the other end, Drew Brees, the Saints just, this was total domination for New Orleans in this game. Drew Brees threw for 363 yards and four touchdowns. You had Ingram for the Saints running for 103 yards and two touchdowns. The total yardage, New Orleans had 546 total yards, Philadelphia had just 196, a 48-7 New Orleans win in mid-November. This was total domination. The only real difference when I look at this thing is that Nick Foles is the quarterback for the Eagles. Is that is that going to change things for the Eagles? It's going to be that's going to be a tough game for Philly, and uh, New Orleans should be feeling good. They should be a nine-point favorite. They are. So New Orleans, the one seed, hosting Philadelphia, the six seed. Sunday at 4.40, that game is going to be on Fox. But uh, before I make any picks for the divisional round or go in-depth with my divisional round preview, I'll do that on Thursday. I'll give you picks, picks for the divisional round on Thursday's podcast. Before we completely move on to the divisional round, let's take a look back at what happened over the weekend in Wild Card Weekend. And uh, I'll give you the results to picks, picks from the Wild Card round. I went 2-1-1, one, and one, two wins. One loss and a push. So my push was I had Dallas minus two over Seattle. And Seattle has that late drive where not only did they score a touchdown, but then they get the two-point conversion because Janikowski got injured. He pulled his, what, pulled a hammy or something trying to kick his 60-yada earlier in the game. Now, if, if he was able to kick, he probably would have just kicked the extra point, right? 
you, you would think, and I think that would have made it a three-point game. But actually, in the NFL these days, you never know, actually. You never know. But Seattle goes for two. They get it. And basically, it turns it into a push. So I had Dallas minus two. Um, it's a push for me on that one. Now, my only real loss was Houston minus one and a half over Indianapolis. And if you watch this game, you know it was over at halftime. Indy was up 21 nothing at the half. And that's an embarrassing loss for the Houston Texans. At home, the three seed, they won their division. And, and they got beat at home by Indy twice this year. Indy had already gone into Houston and beat them just a couple weeks ago, like four or five weeks ago. And that was just an embarrassing loss for the Houston Texans. And it was, it was a tough loss for me. I had a much better day on Sunday. I had the Chargers plus three over Baltimore. Chargers win that game, so obviously they cover as the three-point dog. And I had Philly plus six. And, you know, even if Cody Parker hit that field goal, the 43-yard field goal at the end of the game, even if he hit that, then I still would have covered the plus six. So Cody Parker, I know, is, is taking a lot of heat right now. Uh, but I think video does show that ball did get tipped. Did get tipped. Did get tipped. Still, I think when you look at the top story of that game, I mean, arguably it's Nick Foles, a game-winning drive at the end of the fourth quarter. And he throws a touchdown pass to Golden Tate. You know, you're down 15-10 on that drive with five minutes left. And you end up getting the touchdown drive. Nick Foles, he's trying to do it again. I think that's the top story. I, I I know people love to hate. People love to go on Twitter and just rant and rave and crush and criticize. And it's just, you know, hate, 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 hate. That's just what people like to do. But I think if you really want to look into the top story of that game, I think it's Nick Foles. Goes on the road in Chicago and has a drive at the end. It's a game-winning touchdown drive. You're Chicago. You have that great defense in your own building. You know, that's the situation you want to be in, right? You know, a field goal won't tie it or give the other team a lead. Five minutes left. The other team's got to drive down and score a touchdown in Chicago. Your defense, that's the situation you want to be in if you're Chicago, right? And they they couldn't get it done. They couldn't stop Nick Foles. Puts it in the end zone. And the Eagles win the game. They cover the plus six for me, obviously, with the win. And so my two wins with picks picks in the wild card round. I got them on Sunday. Two wins, one loss. And a push. I'll take it. My DraftKings got to have him play was Dak Prescott. And he got you 21 DFS points. Like 20.9 DFS points or something. So, uh, that was... I nailed that one. Dak Prescott had a nice game. Dallas won. But they didn't cover the spread that I had. That was my push. Uh, So, those are my picks for the wild card round. I, I think if you look at the top stories... Of the weekend. And I, I I did rank them one through five. I think if you look at the top five stories of Wild Card Weekend. Number one is the Houston Texans turned into a puddle. The Houston Texans shit their pants at home. Early. Early. I pick Houston for a couple reasons in this game. Not because I didn't like Indianapolis. I, Indianapolis has been playing great football. I wasn't necessarily overlooking them and saying, eh, you know what? They're a six seed. They shouldn't be in this game. They got no shot. I mean, I wasn't looking at it like that. Because if you go back to the preseason, I actually predicted the Colts to be in the playoffs. I predicted them to be the six seed before the season began. And, and if you watched how the Colts have played down the stretch, you know that in week 17, they got into the tournament because they got a big win in Tennessee on Sunday Night Football, that was a playoff game. So this was essentially the Colts' second playoff game. It was a place that they had already won. They already won in Houston. It wasn't like I wasn't giving the Colts a chance. I picked Houston because of their defense, being at home as a division winner, and, you know, you look at Houston's season. What did they start the season? 0-3 or something? And then they, they win like nine straight They went on a run. They look good. But I picked Houston mainly because I just thought they have a quarterback that's finally going to at least, you know, lead them into a position where they get into a divisional game and they have a shot to win that. 
right? The story of the Houston Texans organization for the longest time has been, maybe forever, has been they don't have the quarterback to get them the big win when they get to the playoffs. They don't. They don't have the quarterback. They always have the defense. They might even have home field sometimes, but they don't have the quarterback to make the big plays in the big spots to help them advance. They just they, they That's their story. That's the Texans' story. And it's every single year it's the elephant in the room with that team after they lose. It's like, you know, I've been in the Texans' room before after a loss. When I covered the Patriots, you know, remember the year the Texans came to Gillette Stadium and they wore the Letterman jackets? I was in the Texans' room working for Comcast Sportsnet at the time, doing interviews, and, you know, every question was about Matt Schaub, their quarterback. Every question was about, you know, what they needed to do to win. And nobody necessarily threw Schaub under the bus by name, but you look it around and the feeling you get and the tone that that there was ans- with these guys answering these questions, the elephant in the room was, we just we had a defense, but we didn't have the quarterback to make the big plays. We didn't. And but but they have been able to they've had that feeling in Houston every single year. Every year. But now with Deshaun Watson and he's healthy, the game being at home, they got the defense. I just thought they have it all to win a home game in the wild card round as a division champ. They do. They do. And what happened? (laughs) The game began, Indianapolis, their first two drives, it was just too easy. Deshaun Watson, he wasn't good in the first half. What pissed me off about Deshaun Watson was in the second half, he had a couple first downs and he's doing the the first down dance. It's like, dude, you're down 21 zip. Save the dancing for when you at least make this a one score game. And you're not close to doing that yet. So, I mean... That pissed me off. And if I'm a Texans fan, I wouldn't want to see my quarterback doing the first down dance, down 21 nothing in the second half when you looked like dog shit in the first half, okay? So the Texans, not only did they not have the quarterback, but at home, their defense in, in Indianapolis's first two possessions, it was way too easy. And so I think they got punched in the mouth early. Houston's defense, they got punched in the mouth. Uh, and they didn't know how to re- respond. They did not know how to respond. And so I think if you're the Texans organization, Bill O'Brien, you see all these coaches getting fired. Bill O'Brien's got to be questioned. Uh, do you, you stick with Bill O'Brien after that? I mean, after that type of performance, you have no response. The first touchdown drive for Indy, way too easy. You have no response? Then you get another one? You're supposed to be. You're supposed to have a defense at home that's able to make those stops. So I think the number one story to me in the wild card round was Houston's a good team. That's a good team. And they're in their own building, and they shit their pants. Shit their pants. Turn into a puddle, whatever, however you want to describe it, that was an embarrassing loss for the Houston Texans. It was. Now, the number two story on my list, number two, is in the same game, Indianapolis. The Colts, Andrew Luck, Credit where credit's due. As much as we want to knock Houston, and we should, but I think once you get through that, you also have to acknowledge that Andrew Luck right now and the Indianapolis Colts, they look like the best team in the tournament. They they do. I mean, they're playing defense, and they got the quarterback that's making all the big plays and all the big throws down the field, and he likes to be aggressive. They like to be aggressive. They had a, you know, their running back runs for almost 150 yards. Indianapolis, who's played great football, who had to basically win a playoff game just to get in to get the sixth seed, they look like the most dangerous team in the tournament right now. And so you look at what they could do in Kansas City. You know, I don't, right now, if you made me make that pick right now, I'm not going to bet against Kansas City at home against Indianapolis. But you can't tell me that the Colts don't have a shot if they're playing the way they played in Houston, right? And on top of everything that I've said about the Colts, the fact that you look at Week 17, basically a playoff game. They won it on the road. The wild card round. A playoff game against a very good Texans team who won the division. The Colts won it on the road. They, they have big wins, not just big playoff wins, big playoff wins on the road. 
Don't tell me they don't have a shot in Kansas City. I'm probably not going to pick them. But they definitely, if they play like this, there's going to be a ball game in Kansas City in the divisional round. There's going to be a ball game there. Um, you know, you, you can't just look at it like, oh, a six seed versus a one seed. And you're going to have that in both the AFC and the NFC because Philly, the six seed in the NFC, is going to the one seed, New Orleans. So you got two six versus ones. You know, I think the Eagles, New Orleans Saints is going to be a whole lot more lopsided if it's anything like that regular season game in mid-November where New Orleans whoop Philly, then that's going to be the Philly-New Orleans game is going to be a whole lot more lopsided than maybe this Indianapolis-Kansas City game is going to be. But So you can't look at it like a six-seed versus a one-seed. you got to look at it like, hey, the Colts right now look like the most dangerous team in the playoffs. And I think that's story number two. Story number three, speaking of Philly, again, I think it's Nick Foles. You can crush the kid for hitting the upright, and then coming down, what are they calling it? The double doink? I mean, the kid, <laughs> he, how many times did he hit the upright this year? Cody Pocky. Whatever his fucking name is. For the Bears. How many times did he hit the upright this year? Six? If you count the double doink? If you count the double doink, I think it's six. Either way, if we're talking about three, that's too many. I don't. <laughs> once you get two or three, it's like, eh, dude, stop hitting the upright. Now, it's funny because there's videos all over social media of this kid practicing his accuracy by purposely trying to hit the upright. And he's nailing it. (laughs) How about this? Stop trying to hit the upright. Because you're actually doing it continuously in games. And now when the game's on the line, this season's on the line in the playoffs at home, 43-yard field goal, Bears kicker Cody Pocky misses it by hitting the upright. It comes down. It hits the, the crossbar. Double dunk city. Season over for Chicago. Here's the deal. If you're a Chicago fan, I know, and I'd be doing the same thing, right? Like if the Patriots charges on Sunday, if Guskowski gets out there and, you know, he gives you the double dunk with the game on the line, I'm going to be throwing shit at my TV, cursing him out, right? That's the initial reaction. It's human nature. You know, you crush the guy who had a chance to win it for you and couldn't get the job done. And I know knocking kickers and and crushing kickers, it's an easy thing. They're an easy target. They are an easy target. Cody Pocky, easiest target of the weekend, right? And people in Chicago are crushing him. I think when you sleep on it, I think you wake up today, you have a couple days to think about it. If you're, a, if you're a Bears fan that wants to be realistic with what your team was and what you had a chance to do, I think you have to put the Cody Pocky stuff aside. And I think you have to say, you gave Philly the ball back with five minutes left. Right? You had a 15-10 lead. You couldn't stop Nick Foles from getting into the end zone. You couldn't. Nick Foles drove down the field. What was it? A 60-yard drive. Um, they get the Golden Tate touchdown. And Philly misses the two-point conversion. So Philly takes a 16-15 to lead. But the Bears, I, I think that if you told any Chicago fan, if I was a Chicago fan, and I'm looking at it realistically, and you had told me, hey, Nick Foles is going to have the ball, in Chicago, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He's got to drive 60 yards, down five. He can't, they can't kick a field goal. They got to put it in the end zone. Is that a situation you want your Chicago Bears team to be in? I'd say, yeah. I'd say that's a situation you want to be in. You got a great defense. You're in your own stadium. Place is going to be rocking. And the Eagles are not. You know, they haven't, they're not the same Eagles team, right? That they were, you know, they, yeah, they're technically the defending, the reigning defending champion, but I mean, are they? You get what I'm saying? If you're Chicago, if you're a Chicago fan, that's the situation you want to be in. You want to be up by more than three with your defense having to make a big stop in your own building in the playoffs, and you can do it against the sixth seed. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They didn't stop Nick Foles, drove him down 60 yards, throws a touchdown to Golden Tate. Couldn't do it. So if you're a realistic Bears fan today, I, 
I, I just think that maybe you should put the Cody Pocky stuff aside. Sure, he had a chance to win it for you, and it sucks that he couldn't. But, I mean, you should have won. If your defense could, could do what you were used to seeing it do, especially at home, then you would have won the game 15-10. to 10. But Chicago's defense could not make the big stop when they needed to most. And, and, and that cost them, I think, more than anything. And that is, you know, all right, the Bears didn't come through. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm burying the lead for the, for the number three story of the weekend. It's just Nick, I have it on all caps on my, on my screen, number three. Nick Foles with a game-winning drive. Maybe I'm burying the lead there for number three. Is, you know, Nick Foles, as much as I'm knocking Chicago's defense, tip your cap to Nick Foles, who once again... You know, he was the backup, and then he gets called upon, and here he is. He's even, he's banged up. He's got the rib injury that he suffered late in the regular season. And it's like, I don't know many guys that would even be able to go back to being a backup quarterback and, like, just not put up a complete stink. You won a Super Bowl by beating the Patriots, and then you have to go back to being a backup quarterback? How many guys do you know? that wouldn't demand a trade. I don't know any. I mean, I guess one, Nick Foles, does, he wouldn't, didn't demand a trade. He was okay with being a backup. Uh, it's insane to me. You know, if you're a pro athlete, you get some type of ego. It's just you have to, to be one of the best. And when you're somebody who leads your team to a Super Bowl championship, and then you're told, well, you got to get back on the bench. <laughs> you don't put up a stink. And then you get called upon late in the season. You come back out. Now you're winning playoff games on the road against one of the best defenses in the league. Nick Foles to me. I mean, this could be the that final drive with five minutes left. Maybe that's the top story. You know, maybe I'm not giving it enough credit. I just, I, I thought it was shocking to see. I, I put Houston shitting their pants number one because I think it was... It was a little more shocking to see Houston just be that bad, that early at home, knowing how good they are. I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked by that. And obviously the Colts, number two, and number three is Nick Foles, his game on and drive, and what he's doing for that Philadelphia team right now. But now they go to New Orleans, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. I'm going to be hard-pressed to bet against the Saints in their own building, especially knowing what the Saints have already done to Philly this year, just smashing Philly back in mid-November. So that's number three, Nick Foles, what he's doing with the Eagles. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, You know, I think it's too bad that Dallas has to go on the road. It's too bad. I really think it's too bad because the Cowboys at home are such a good team. They're going to L.A. to play the Rams. That's going to be a really tough game. If that game was in Dallas, Dallas's defense at home, I don't, I don't know that I'd pick against the Cowboys if that game was in Dallas. It's just too bad that the Cowboys have to go on the road. Could the Cowboys get the NFC Championship at home? Yeah, if they beat the Rams in L.A., and if Philly beats the Saints. I don't think Philly's going to beat the Saints. So it is too bad that Dallas, if they could pull one out against the Rams, it's too bad that they're not going to have another home game in the playoffs because when they are at home, if Dallas was at home throughout, they'd have a very realistic chance to get to the Super Bowl and maybe win it all. I believe that. They get the run game. They got a top defense. They look great at home. On the road, what are they going to look like? I think, I think number four, you know, they, they beat Seattle. It's a nice win for them. Um, but it's too bad they got to go on the road from here on out because they, they look very good at home. So that's number four. Number five, I'm going to the Baltimore-San Diego game. Or L.A. Baltimore-L.A. Baltimore-Chargers. Lamar Jackson had three of the worst quarters of football that I have ever seen a quarterback have. Three. And I'm watching that going, I can't believe there were people for the last couple weeks trying to tell me that, oh, Bill Belichick, Patriots, they don't want to see Lamar Jackson in Baltimore in the playoffs. And I laughed at that, and I laughed at the people who told me that, and I told you on this show that I am not scared of the Ravens 
as long as that game's not in Baltimore. And obviously it wouldn't be, right? You know, if uh, we knew if Houston lost, Patriots play the winner of the Chargers-Ravens game. So you'd be playing Baltimore in the divisional round if that was a possibility. And it would be at Gillette Stadium. And I told you, at Gillette Stadium, Bill Belichick does not lose to rookie quarterbacks. And he certainly, that first loss to rookie quarterbacks at Gillette Stadium is not going to be to Lamar Jackson. Okay? It's not. I was not scared of Baltimore. I was not scared of Lamar Jackson because not just Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks, but also his record against rookie quarterbacks at Gillette Stadium. I wasn't scared of Baltimore. This game against the Chargers kind of, you know, it kind of proved why I felt the way I did. Lamar Jackson had three of the worst quarters of a quarterback that I've ever seen in my life. And it did lead to the question, even as I'm playing the role of head coach from my coach, it led to the question, should Baltimore go to Joe Flacco? I wasn't the only one saying it. Tony Romo was saying it on the broadcast. You go on Twitter, everybody's saying it. You know, people saying Harbaugh should be fired at, at after the third quarter for not going to Joe Flacco. Um, now, I was guilty of it. I was doing it too. And guess what? I sit here today, even though Baltimore lost the game, I sit here and go, I was wrong on that. I was wrong. Lamar Jackson came out in the fourth quarter, and he made a couple big plays on the money. Now, why couldn't he do it in the first half? Well, I think give San Diego, maybe keep calling him San Diego. I'm always going to call him San Diego. I don't even want to apologize for it. That's just the way it is. The Chargers, give them credit. Give them some credit. But, um... You know, it didn't look good for Lamar Jackson early. But guess what? In the fourth quarter, he made some big throws. And I guess you can't convince me that it's, it's, it wasn't guaranteed that Flacco would have made those throws. It's just that you didn't have a good first half. You looked awful in the first half. First three quarters were awful. And, and it was too little too late. I was guilty of calling out Harbaugh thus. I was calling him out saying, hey, you got to go Flacco. I mean... When Lamar Jackson does what he did late in the fourth, you know, maybe it, maybe he was right to stick with him, right? Did he prove us wrong? Either, either way, I, you know, you had to obviously start Lamar Jackson. You weren't going to start Flacco in the game, and I do think you, I agree with the decision to stick with Lamar Jackson to begin the second half. I thought there should have been a shorter leash. That's what I was yelling for at the time. But, um... You know, hey, Lamar Jackson, the kid made some big throws late in the fourth, and I guess it gave him a shot. You know, you needed something crazy to happen, though, uh, at the end, and they didn't get that to happen. And so the Chargers win the game. But everybody and their mother calling for the Joe Flacco, and Lamar Jackson actually ended up making some big throws after we were all calling for Flacco. So, yeah, it was too little too late for Lamar Jackson, too little too late for the Ravens, but... You know, I think one thing that game proved to me was that here in New England, you know, when I told you that, I wasn't scared of Lamar Jackson. I wasn't scared of the Ravens at Gillette Stadium. I think I, I think I was right to, to feel that way based on what we saw between the Ravens and the Chargers. Now, as we look ahead, the Patriots will host the Chargers. And the Patriots are four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. This game's going to be Sunday at 1. Just a little early preview of this game. You know, bringing it into the to the local angle here. The top story that we're going to be talking about all week. Now we know. Phillip Rivers. Tom Brady. This, when I look at the AFC playoff picture, right? You look at the teams that got in. The Chargers. I mean, I think this is probably... Out of the games that were possible for the Patriots in the divisional round, you were either playing Houston, Baltimore, or the Chargers. Out of those three teams, the best team out of those three teams was the Chargers. The Chargers were 12-4. and You know, they were one win away in the regular season from being the one seed in the AFC. And they're a good team. You know, some people looking at the Chargers this year going, is this the year? You know, is this the year that Phillip Rivers can get his team over the hump? Is this the year the Chargers can not end up being the Chargers in the big spot 
at some point late in the year. Are they going to be able to come through in the clutch? Something they seem to fail to do a lot all the time, anytime they get into the big moment. Is this the year Philip Rivers gets his ring? I, You know, it's a question that I don't think it's an unrealistic or crazy question. They've been that good. And it's deceiving that they have the five seed. It's deceiving that they had to go on the road in the wild card round. But basically, they're just, you know, they're victims of the way the playoff format is. If you don't win your division, you don't get a top four seed. I don't care how good you are. It just so happened that the Chargers were in the same division as arguably the best team in football in Kansas City. And so Kansas City gets the one seed. The Chargers automatically get either the five or the six seed. And so when you look at, all right, it's a five seed going to the two seed. Chargers going to Gillette. That number five, the five seed, is deceiving because out of the three teams that the Patriots could face in the divisional round, this, to me is the best team out of those three. Between Houston, Baltimore, and Chargers, I think the Chargers are the best team, top to bottom. Uh, They have one of the better cornerbacks on the defensive end in the league. They have a quarterback who's a veteran guy, who does have some weapons, who likes to throw the ball. And, you know, they got a running back who, if he can even be 80% in Melvin Gordon, is going to have a chance to have a big day any day. But Melvin Gordon is really banged up right now. Melvin Gordon hurt his other knee. He hit right. He hurt his opposite knee in this game against Baltimore. So, um, when you look at the Chargers, I think they have all the weapons to be able to go into Gillette Stadium and win. And it's not just their weapons; it's the fact that they're eight and one with the win in Baltimore. The Chargers are eight and one. Eight and one. On the road this season, if you factor in the win in Baltimore in the wild card round, the Chargers are 8-1 and one on the road this season. And so, they're a, they're a better team when they're not in their own building, when they're not in L.A., when they're not in that little minor league soccer stadium, <laughs> right? Was it the stub up Senate? When they're not playing in L.A., the Chargers are a better team. They like going on the road. But they're going to come to a Gillette Stadium now where the Patriots are undefeated this season, 8-0 at home. 8-0 at home. So, I'm not going to give my pick for this game yet. I will say, though, that this is the toughest game that the Patriots could have had given the options, given the possibilities for the divisional round and the seedings. You know, they weren't playing Indy. You know, because Indy's, as the sixth seed, if they you know, with the win, they automatically go to Kansas City. There was no shot for the Patriots to play. Now, there might be a shot for the Patriots to play Indy in the AFC Championship, and you might be asking, well, who do I root for now? If the Patriots can beat the Chargers, who do you root for, Kansas City or Indy? Because Indy looks so good. Do you want to play the Colts? And I will tell you, forget about the competitive. Forget about the the team that the opponent that they're going to play. Worry about where that game's going to be. Right? Forget about the the competitiveness of the opponent that you're going to play and just worry about home field advantage. You want home field more than anything because the Patriots are a different team at home. I don't care who they're playing. So I'll take Indy coming to Gillette. I will. I'll take Indy coming to Gillette because it'll be at Gillette. You take home field. It's a no-brainer. That's what you, You're rooting for Indy. You're rooting for Indy and obviously you're rooting for the Patriots. You're not rooting for Kansas City. You want to go to Kansas City? You want to, because you, what, you want to avoid the Colts? Because like I told you, they do look like the most dangerous team in the playoffs right now. But wouldn't you play the most, wouldn't you want to play the most dangerous team in the playoffs at home than play a very dangerous team in one of the toughest buildings to play in? Knowing what the Patriots have looked like on the road? Give me the home game against the most dangerous team in the league all day, every day, especially this season, with what the Patriots have looked like away from Gillette Stadium. I'll take the home game. I'll root for Indianapolis all day, every day. I don't care if Indy goes into Kansas City and wins 47 to fucking nothing and looks like the best team in the history of the league and looks like nobody's stopping them. As long as you get the AFC Championship at home, to me, that 
that's all that matters right now with this Patriots team. So I'll be rooting for Indianapolis. Obviously, first and foremost, we root for the Patriots against the Chargers. And if you ask me if the Chargers got a shot, I'll tell you, yeah, for a couple reasons. One, I think they got weapons all over the field, offense and defense. Two, they're a better team on the road. They looks like they love playing on the road. Looks like they love it. And the one thing I guess, I'm not scared of the Chargers, but I guess the thing that would scare me the most is that, I mean, at some point, is is Phillip Rivers going to make a real run? And is this going to be the one? Like, is this the year that, I don't know, fate would have it? (laughs) Phillip Rivers makes his run, makes his official run to a championship. Is this the year? Do you look at it and go, well, one of these years, he's got to run in them. And this could be it, and it's just bad timing for the Patriots to play a team that's destined to make that run. You know, that maybe is the thing that scares me the most. I did tell you last week that I I thought the Patriots and Chargers were destined to play each other. That perhaps it would happen in the AFC Championship if Houston won, Patriots would beat Houston in the divisional round, Chargers would beat Baltimore, Chargers would go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs, a place that the Chargers already won, and it would set up an AFC Championship between Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium. I did tell you last week that maybe this matchup was destined to happen at Gillette. I didn't think it'd be in the divisional round because I didn't think Houston was going to lose to Indy. But here we are. So it's a matchup I thought was very possible, and I told you it was. Now that the matchup is set, now that we know it's in the divisional round, did the Chargers have a shot? Yep. But would I bet against the Patriots at home? I'm not giving my official pick yet, but I'll tell you probably not. Probably not going to bet against the Patriots at home. But if there's anything that scares me, it is maybe the fact that uh, maybe this will be the year that the Chargers are just destined to to go to the Super Bowl and get a championship. But, um, you know, it, it, the Patriots are the favorite for a reason because they're 8-0 at home. They got that week off, that week of rest, and I'll be curious to see what the offense looks like. You know, people, I know people are going to be scared of the defense. At home, I'm not that scared of the defense. Uh, I I guess I'm worried about maybe like a 17-14 loss, if I'm worried about anything. Like, if the Patriots lose, it'll be because they're not scoring, not because they're not playing defense. Like, that's how I already feel about this game. Uh, I'm not scared of the Patriots' D. I don't think they're going to let up more than 21. Like, I don't think they're going to let up more than that. At home, if this was on the road, I feel differently. But at home, I think Patriots defense is going to be fine. It's the offense. What's the offense going to look like? We've had so many questions about this offense. We've had so many questions about Gronk. Um, you know, it, can can the offensive line hold up here in this one? I, I mean, I put my money on the Patriots putting up points. And if they do that, I think that's what it's going to be about because I'm not worried about the defense. But I think we're all on the edge of our seat. Because of the offense and and what we want it to look like, what we what we think it is, and what the fear is that well the fear is maybe it's going to look like shit <laughs> because um, there have been times this year where it has looked like shit and you get to the offensive coordinator and he's in the news Josh McDaniels about taking other jobs. Don't tell me that's not in everybody's mind here in New England. It is. It should be. Um, now I don't think it's anything different. Josh McDaniels has obviously had success as the offensive coordinator with the Patriots in the playoffs while looking out of the jobs. I told you last week that Josh McDaniels, I think he's, I think he'll be back even knowing that he is going to be interviewing in Green Bay or, or did interview with Green Bay. Um, now we're hearing Cleveland is coming at him. If I'm Josh McDaniels and I don't, I never thought I'd be saying this, but if I'm McDaniels, the Cleveland job is a no-brainer, much more than Green Bay. I've already gone on my Aaron Rodgers rant. He's 35, 36 years old. He's got knee issues. He relies on his mobility. I don't think you leave New England to go to Green Bay. The Aaron Rodgers stuff, the praise that he gets, I think is somewhat crazy. I think if you're McDaniels, you don't leave what you got now to go to Green Bay. But if you want to go to Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, and work with him, 
for the next 10 years? Well, you got a solid young running back in Chubb. We know about Cleveland's defense. I mean, that's a place that is just starving for some success, and they showed you the success they had late in the season. If Cleveland, you give them a couple more wins and they're in the playoffs, we might be calling Cleveland the most dangerous team in the playoffs right now. That's how good they were down the stretch. So, if I'm Josh McDaniels and I can have that Cleveland job, I'm going to take it. So, I don't know, but I don't know how he's going to react to that. But if Cleveland, if that Cleveland job is there for McDaniels, I actually don't know how he turns that down. Given Mayfield's age, given how good he looks, given the talent that that team has and the potential, you, you know, you look at that division, right? Harbaugh's under fire with uh, Lamar Jackson use with Flacco and you, you talk about what's going on in Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown's on the sideline with a mink coat. You know, he's putting out videos where he was watching the coach's press conference. You know, he had arguments with Roethlisberger. Is he going to get moved? Is Levy on Bell? Where's he going? Pittsburgh's in shambles. I mean, yeah, is Cincinnati. What are they? What's Cincinnati going to do? Oh, they great. They fired their coach. Oh, they're going to hire Hugh Jackson. <laughs> like, if you're Josh McDaniels, you might be looking at that division in the AFC North, going, "I'm going to go to Cleveland, and I'm going to be the Patriots of the AFC North." where you're in a division that you look around and you're like, yeah, this division's no good. We're going to dominate this division with the best quarterback for the foreseeable future. To me, Cleveland is a no-brainer for Josh McDaniels if it's there for him. So I, maybe I'm, I'm changing my mind on whether or not McDaniels is going to be back next year. But how many, because I've always said about McDaniels, well, there's going to be a job opening for him somewhere. And I think with Indianapolis, you know, maybe in hindsight, McDaniels can look at Indy and the success that they have on Andrew Luck now. And maybe in hindsight, he's maybe he's regretting that, you know, to work with Andrew Luck for a long time. But I just, maybe he's not, if he's not regretting it, it's because he's looking at it going, well, no, nobody knew how Luck was going to respond and, and how long he's going to be healthy for because he does deal with a lot of injuries. And maybe this only lasts one season. Maybe he gets hurt next year and, and he's out for a long time. Right? And it was just a big tease in 2018. Um, but if y'all McDaniels, what better job is going to open up than Cleveland in the next five years? I mean, unless you think Belichick's leaving and you want to stay in New England, but who's the... Who, what are you looking at? You know, after Brady... Uh, I, if I'm McDaniels, Cleveland wants me to be their coach. I'm their, I'm their guy. I'm I'm leaving. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I never thought I'd be saying that about the Cleveland Browns, but here I am. But we'll see what happens with McDaniels. He is the offensive coordinator for the Patriots still, and the Patriots, if they lose to the Chargers, in my opinion, it will be because the offense doesn't show up, not because the defense. I'm not worried about the defense. If the Patriots lose this game, I think it'll be like a 17-14 game, right? It'll be a game that the offense didn't show up, and that will lead to a lot of questions in the offseason. I'm not going to get my pick yet, though. I'm going to save that for Thursday's show. I'm going to save it for Thursday's show. So I'll be back Thursday to make my picks for the divisional round. And then after that, we'll get conference championship Sunday, Sunday, January 20th. If you do want to look ahead, the AFC championship is at 640. It's the second game on CBS. The Patriots now one win away from their eighth straight AFC title game. Eight straight AFC championships. One win away from eight straight years being in the final four of the NFL. That's insane. And you wonder why people hate the Patriots. You wonder why people hate Patriots fans. I saw a tweet last night, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I don't think this person is the only person, only football fan in other cities who feels this way. The tweet was something along the lines of, I'm sick and tired of rooting for the team every year in the playoffs that's going to have the best chance to knock off the Patriots. <laughs> and I think that's what other people do. If you don't have a horse in the race, if your team is not in the playoffs, how are you watching playoff football? You're obviously making bets probably, but even if you, you know, whether you're making bets or you're not, you're rooting for a team 
that you're saying, well, you know what? This team can beat the Patriots, so I'm going to root for them, right? And I think right now, if you look at the AFC, people will be tempted to root for Indianapolis because of how good they've looked. But if you're rooting against the Patriots and and you think the Patriots are going to beat the Chargers, you're rooting for Kansas City. You're rooting for Kansas City. Because the Patriots going into Kansas City, that's gonna, that's a game that, man, I know I bet the Patriots all the time. I know, I tell you, I'm a Patriots fan. I'll be rooting for them to win. I, I don't see a situation where I would bet against Kansas City in Kansas City against the Patriots, knowing what the Patriots have looked like on the road. Knowing how tough of a place Kansas City is to play. Right? I just... I don't think I'd be betting against Kansas City there. So, if you're rooting against the Patriots and you think the Patriots are going to get to the AFC Championship, you should root for Kansas City. But it's it's funny. People, that's how they watch playoff football if they don't have a team in the tournament. And, you know, that should tell you what type of success you got in this town. Embrace it. One win away from eight straight AFC title games, but they do have a tough one in front of them. The Chargers... On Sunday at 1, I'll give my pick on Thursday's podcast. And you can get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and on my website, dannypicard.com. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any social, any form of social media, I'm on it, pumping out all my links. Though I think I pump out my links so much that people have muted me on social media. Hey, listen, I, I'm not somebody that has anyone else pumping them out for me, so I have to do it. I know it can get tiresome reading the same links and promotion over and over, but I mean, I hope you understand. It's just something I got to do. It's something I got to do, and I'm going to have to keep doing it. Right? If nobody else is going to promote you, you got to promote yourself. That's the way this thing works. So, uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for subscribing and listening. The second show of the new year. And I'm jacked up for playoff football. And on Thursday, I'll be even more jacked up because I'll be making my picks for the divisional round. Until then, I'm out. Talk to you Thursday.